Hello, everyone. My name is Nicotine, creator of Islis. Today, we bring to you episode three. The lovely cast here uh, is Urban Bohemian, Domestic Dan, and joining us today is Benny. Not gay. <laughs> we last left our heroes in a little urn called Night Fairies. It's kitschy, familiar, bland. The party had just undergone a rather memorable lottery. A lottery in the Tazco corporate exclusion zone within Arcadia Farms. Tazco has not been meeting its quotas, and its people are despondent. The new interpreter, Ingman, is less than comforting about the entire ordeal, and uh, was rather abusive towards Ezra, a uh, local uh, worker at, uh, at Night Fairies. After being reprimanded by his superior, uh, the party overheard Ingman being chided for not sticking to the plan and that he might ruin the operation. Sometime later at the Aaron, note was pounded into the side of the door. Party went out to read it, and it said, Attention, citizens. A biological outbreak has been discovered. Remain calm. Without saying a word, Pippet got up, ostensibly to check the extent of the biological outbreak, and has yet to return to the Aaron. Seated at a table, pawn our sycophant, and leaf, or hound. By, by, biological, sorry, reading is hard. Biological outbreak? Bi bio biological outbreak, which doesn't sound good. No. Is that where uh, Pippet went? In this medical, yeah? Yes, she actually seemed a little too... I'm a little too enthusiastic about that for my taste. Um, yes. Well, we just sit here and wait then, yeah? Or do we go somewhere? Waiting is certainly one option. Um, Pawn, like, L Leaf wouldn't know. Pawn has been fidget like fidgeting hands on the table a little bit since they've sat back down, um, even before the biological outbreak sign was posted on the door. And he keeps looking towards the door of Night Fairies, um, but hasn't hasn't indicated anything else. All right. What about Leaf? 
I'm finishing up my meal. I figure we might as well wait, so... No time like the present, but... it's a lot of fester berries you've got there. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe you're gonna have through. They, they give a lot. Big servings for so little. Uh, the last time we had an outbreak was uh, because of the mines, I think, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that shut down many of the mines, so... Unfortunately, it seems like probably another one's going to get shut down. Which doesn't bode well for the city. Well, no, I mean... Aren't you... Isn't it already having enough trouble with quotas as it is? Oh, yeah. Well, the cult is fine, but uh, the mine quotas... Not so good. That's why you would, you would see off on his side, he's got a a very thick stack of script wrapped in leaves. <laughs> I mean, the cults is great, but yeah, this is not going to bode well for any miner in the town, that's for sure. Uh, Leaf, I'm gonna have you make a roll for how much script you have squirreled away. Um, we're gonna do sure. a we're gonna do a two d six roll for that. Um. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Islis is played in a 3d6 system. Um, our dice rolls will look a little something like this. Uh, so we're gonna roll a 2d6 to see how how many how many company script vouchers you have. Looks like five. You've squirreled away five vouchers. <laughs> the vouchers here uh, are. Thin as tissue paper and extremely uh, delicate. Just, I mean, even getting them wet would be, it, it would be like, it'd be worthless. So the fact that you have five of them squirreled away in some leaves is, uh, is, is mind blowing. Seven. Did it? Uh, I'm so sorry. Did, <laughs> seven. It looks like seven. Oh, even better. Looks like seven. <laughs> Still working out some kinks with their dice roller. Uh, all right, so you have uh, you have seven of these vouchers here. Um, what do you what do you do with them? Oh, I usually just keep keep a hold of them. I'm I kind of eat while I'm up in the trees. The, the cult's not great, unprocessed, but it's free. So you you're eating it un. Oh, well, I mean, I do a little here and there to it to make it a bit more digestible, but. Well, don't let anyone else, don't, don't tell anyone that, that I wouldn't want. Oh, no, I, I take want anything the... held against you. I don't. It's the ones that don't get, they're not the quality they, they, they desire. It's the stuff that you would toss anyway, you see, it's. it's Fine. Ah. Cult plant, uh, grown in huge quantities here in Arcadia Farms, is a tall, spiky plant, um, tall enough that uh, human laborers will have to climb it. Uh, but it is very spiky, and it secretes a, uh, a, a very mild vitriol, which uh, does contain some toxicity for humans. So... <laughs> So, uh, so it is. It is a little bit toxic, and uh, I think it's Sorry. perfectly reasonable that that Leaf. Uh, 
why you prepared it a little. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I love it. As you two were discussing uh, the finer points of uh, cult plant harvesting and, and husbandry, uh, a, a pair of eyes is watching you from just beyond your vision. Uh, sitting alone at a table is uh, someone who blends in perfectly. Um, Lottie, will you describe your character? Uh, yeah, so my character is just like, you know, wearing some very nondescript clothes, just being like very, very casual uh, and very, very much eavesdropping, but not obviously, right? <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm very much interested in this conversation. Can I sneak up? Can I sneak up on them? Can I like, uh, tap them on the shoulder? Sure. Is that a thing I can well, do? Well, hang on. Actually, let's, uh, <laughs> let's roll for this. Um, so your character sheet, uh, looks like this. It seems as though you have a proficiency in stalking. So you gain a plus five to your stalking roll. And you may roll a 3d6. And we'll call this a, uh, we'll call it, since they're, since they're deep in conversation, we'll call this a, a check of uh, 12. We'll say it's, you must beat a 12. Uh, successfully sneak up on them in this bar in the air known as Night Fairies. That's 13 plus 5. That's 18. Oh, sorry, 10. Uh, 10 plus 5 is 15. That beats uh, <laughs> that you successfully have snuck up uh, behind them. If you would like to uh, tap them on the shoulder or whatever, that's uh, your call. Yeah. I'm just gonna tap them on the shoulder and be like, "You're you're talking about the mines." Yeah. Oh. What about? Oh. Well, you you're very quiet. It, yeah. Yes. The mi- I mean, the, yeah. Yes. The mines. That's really interesting. You think the the biological contaminant is coming from them? Is it like? I'm I'm very curious about what your thoughts are on all all this. Like hesitantly, Pawn is looking. Pawn is looking this person over because literally no one has approached or been friendly to them this entire time that he's been here. Well, we were we were simply discussing the the mines and the fact that there's an outbreak, and we certainly hoped that it wouldn't um, reduce production or output of of of, of this um yes and who were who are you i'm just somebody that's really concerned about the mines and like you know the economy of the town really if you think about it such as it is <laughs> yeah do you know much about the mines a thing or two, but not a ton. Probably more than us, then. I don't know. I mean, it depends on how much you know about the mines. <laughs> Paul just like puts the hands put, puts puts his hands up, showing like like there's no signs of work or whatever. I mining is not my forte. 
Pawn, you would know from your work as a sycophant that often a tactic of the Kassat ruling class is to send after their workers a collaborator in disguise, uh, a rabble rouser uh, in, who secretly works for the Kassat in order to root out uh, on disloyal elements. I believe you probably have some suspicion uh, that that is exactly what's happening here. <laughs> Well, essentially, they said there was a biological outbreak, which doesn't sound good. At least it sounds like I wouldn't want to be down there. Not that I would have to be down there, but I just hope that all the workers are safe and able to provide as is to the best of their ability, as always. Yeah, most definitely. That's very important. Uh, I, I don't work in the mines, so it's kind of neither here nor there for me. So I don't really... I don't think I've even talked to a miner. I, most of them stay away from... I point down to the, the berries. They, they don't tend to approach me too much. Uh, in, in front of Leaf is just a bowl of the most disgusting berries uh, you've ever seen. Lottie, they're, uh, they're known as fester berries, and although uh, marginally nutritious, they are uh, they just produce the most disgusting aroma. Like I, uh, rotting meat. <laughs> um, would I need to do any sort of like willpower check to eat one of these without making a disgusted face? <laughs> Um, yeah, you, uh, I'm trying to think, what would that be? I guess that would be a, uh, I guess that'd be a, a, a bush, bushcraft? I want to say bushcraft check? Yeah, that'd be a bushcraft check. You're not proficient in bushcraft, so it'll be a 2d6, um, but you get a, you get a plus six in it. So, uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to try and make a roll to eat one of these with a straight face, that's a skill of 15. That's going to be 15. Your check is 15, let's, you get a 2d6. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, let's All right. go. Let's do this. Okay, so... Uh, I'll be very impressed. You must beat 15 <laughs> to uh, to eat these things. You get a plus 6. And you're rolling at improficiency, so you roll 2d6. 7 plus 6 uh, is 13. So you don't pass the check. Uh, barely. <laughs> Uh, then I just was like, oh, what? God, those are like the nastiest berries I've ever had. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you have to pick a fly off of one. Like the bone flies have come out. Like they're trying to eat this thing, thinking that it's rotting flesh and just getting stuck in the, 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 the festerberry goo. That was usually the ones they see inside. Yeah, it's protein. You eat what you can. Don't see the problem. Do you not like them? Hey, look, I've definitely eaten worse, okay? And I, I don't judge. Because, like, you know, honestly, in this town especially, we've all been there. I don't think that it bad, but, you know, it more for me then. And kind of continue to just munch on them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do we... What do we do with the... The outbreak... 
I haven't been in town long enough since this. I just heard that happened, but I haven't been around when one occurred. Bloody, you would know that uh, whenever a biological outbreak is uh, is declared, uh, the entire town goes under quarantine. So Arcadia Farms is now under quarantine. Yeah, so I relay that information. And what it sounds like, I mean, if they do the usual thing, everybody's going to be under quarantine for a bit. And that's really unfortunate because it kind of shuts down a lot of, like, uh, the economy of the town and whatnot, you know? Uh, that's annoying. Can't get work done if I can't leave the town. Oh, well, guess we wait then. Eh. No, I should not leave. Should not what? Leave. I thought may it could get work done, climb over, eh, but no, probably shouldn't. So I think it would be a little obvious. I think it would be a little obvious if if you were working while the town is under quarantine. Don't don't you? Well, that's why I said it probably shouldn't. So, um, as you're all seated in, um, in Night Fairies, this kitschy, familiar, boring, kind of bland Aaron, uh, certainly one of the most lackluster ones you've ever been in on, uh, as you're seated here, um, <clears throat> you know that, uh, a couple tables away, everyone in the Aaron is uh, a worker of some kind, either they work in with the cult plant or the pila plant or they're you know they're outside laborers or they they work in mines or they work in some manual labor here at arcadia farms and they're pretty much exclusively taz corporation people who are here um and it's fairly full uh it's the afternoon um but it's still pretty full um that's one of the only places in the town where you can spend company script <clears throat> but you notice a few tables away are seated some um corpsmen and they're discussing something in hushed towns. What would it? Uh, what would I need to roll to uh, listen in? Would that? I think it would depend on uh, on what you uh, how you plan on doing that. You can't quite hear them from where you are, so you'll either have mm. to sneak over closely or concentrate very, very hard. I think I'm fine concentrating, actually. All right. Just trying to listen real careful. Kind of like what I would if I was listening for any predators. Okay. Uh, then if you're going to listen like you would for predators, we'll make a detect roll for you. Uh, this will be uh, a roll that you are proficient in. Um, yes. That gives you a uh, plus six to your roll. And we will uh, we'll make the check uh, 15 as it's pretty significant distance from your table and uh, there's a lot of background noise. So you get a 3d6 roll and you get plus six to your total. Oh no. <laughs> That's a total of 12. You uh, just missed yeah. it. But there is no consequence for this. Probably see me just staring very, con 
a lot at the berries, just kind of concentrating a bit too hard. Are, are you a little over? I, I thought you were used to the smell. Hmm. Oh. Uh. No. It's this is fine. I was just trying to listen. It's nice to hear my surroundings, you know. Do you indicate to the people at your table who you're trying to listen to? Uh, yeah, I kind of do one of the, like, just lean my head a little bit to the side, like, trying to be subtle. Do you pick up on it, Pond? I, like, this is the most sophisticated he's ever seen Leaf at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of following the head tilt, it, like, because there'd be nothing else to, like, need to listen to. So kind of following the head tilt and and maybe actually, yes, Pawn's gaze kind of also falling on the corpseman. Okay. Uh, what about you, uh, Blotty? Do you, uh, do you pick up on, on Leaf's little cue here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Lottie, as a, uh, as a, a prowler, you, uh, you have a unique ability to, uh, to conduct stealth. And, um, you could solve this problem another way. All of you yeah. can solve this problem in your own special way. <laughs> and some of you may be able to help each other. I'm gonna... I'm gonna like walk around the bar in a seemingly natural way, but in such a way that I like linger close enough to these people to eavesdrop on them for like a minute. Okay. While I'm like doing a doing a lap. All right. Around. So for you, that's a uh, that's a, a stalk check. Um. Leaf, you are also trained in stalk and could offer uh, assistance if you so desire. Yeah, I've, I think I'm invested enough that I am curious. I don't know who this is, and I'm not exactly trustworthy of a person who won't give their name when asked after they sit <laughs> down at their table. Uh, but my curiosity is uh, is overriding that uh, that red flag. <laughs> how would you like to assist? Uh, how would you like to assist the the, the stranger at your table? Uh, I think. I see them kind of heating up and and doing a loop. I might. I think I'll I'll do the the distraction play, so I'll get up to specifically walk past, but to get more berries. So. <laughs> All right. It's it's to look. I'm I'm trying to look completely like I I'm going to get more food. Uh, <laughs> But at the same time, kind of doing a pass by as well. Maybe not super close, so they don't stop their conversation due to the scent. Anybody carrying around a big bowl of fester berries is going to draw attention, so that's it, excellent. <laughs> that, that was the idea, but far enough away that they might catch it, but not stop. They might yeah. just kind of, yeah, but not like walk past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's excellent. Um. Okay, I'm definitely so, going to keep my distance from Leaf in my <laughs> approach. <laughs> in Night Fairies, in the air, which is a closed space uh, with not a ton of airflow, um, 
Lottie has stepped up from the table and walked a long loop around the bar, uh, avoiding deftly uh, the the corpsmen at their table and their gaze. Um, given that Leaf has now stood up and walked past the corpsmen with a distraction, a, dis- a, a bowl of distraction berries, uh, we're going to give you a plus one to your roll, Lottie. Um, so you'll be rolling uh, a... 4d6 against 15 with a plus 5. 8 plus 5 is 5, 6, 7, uh, <laughs> oh no, 13. Um, as you stand up, uh, as you're standing near the, the table, you overhear one of the corpsmen saying uh, something to the effect of uh, I I can't believe people eat that stuff. It's disgusting. Who would do such a thing? I don't know. It's like they have no great food around here. Like, they don't get the same kind of things that we do in the building, you know? Yeah, I guess, but awful. Like maggots or something. Bone flies. All you can really ascertain is that they this, this, the, the the overwhelming amount of disgust that they have for Leaf. <laughs> That's about all you can gather. They begin. Amazing. They huddle a little closer, as if to take comfort from the filth around them, and continue whispering. If I get back to the table before Leaf does, I'm just going to turn to Pawn and be like, they genuinely stopped their conversation to talk about how nasty Leaf's berries are. Is this a regular thing that happens? Like, is this is this a regular topic of conversation? Or have you two moved past this as, like, a thing that Leaf is, like, doing on a regular basis? I have only just met him today. It is a very disgusting habit, and I decided it was wiser to move on. I honestly I get that. I that that tracks so hard. Leaf, you uh you sit back down at the table with some some fresh uh faster berries. Fresh, quote unquote. <laughs> we probably peaked today, it's fine. Well anything interesting? Leaf, I'm gonna be real with you. Everybody's talking about your berries, so no press is bad press. And, you know, on that front, you're killing it. Um, in, a, in a similar way that those berries smell like something has been killed. They are rather pungent, but they taste wonderful. And they're very cheap. No one wishes to buy them for some reason. It's a real mystery, I think. Pawn, you are aware that these berries are uh, mostly used as livestock feed. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, I know there's a shortage here, and supplies are scarce. I I applaud you for finding something to eat on a regular basis. I um so they 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 stopped they stopped conversation because of the berries. Uh, okay. Ah. Uh. 
Oh, that's weird. Out of the corner. Have... Oh, sorry, mm. go ahead. No, just that they have more important things to do. Mm. Out of the corner of your eye, Leaf, you see the uh, the two horsemen stand up and uh, begin to walk towards a, uh, a big set of double doors on the far side of the bar. <clears throat> you know this to be a connected uh, apothecary, basically. It's called Pedelson's. It's like a tiny general store. It's hardly ever got anything in it, but they're in there. Uh, they've just walked in. Uh, away from you. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what we should... I... Is there anything we can't really do anything about the outbreak? We just have to wait. Do you know how long they tend to last? The bell outbreak or the quarantine or both? I mean, we could always see what's going on in the mines. That seems like a terrible idea. Just, just pointing it out. Don't they guard? Wouldn't they guard against breaking quarantine? Uh, well, I, this, the town is in quarantine, but I don't know if the mines are. They probably honestly have them keep working, even if there's an outbreak, so as to not uh, lower the output. It wouldn't be my first time finding my way around town during a quarantine. Well, far be it from me to question or doubt your expertise, but it still might help if we knew your name. <laughs> My name is huh. Vladi. Pawn just like breathes the sigh of relief. Okay. <clears throat> it's a pleasure to meet you, even under these circumstances. Thinking about these yeah. berries. <laughs> it, yes, ah. it is wonderful to meet you both. Thanks. I'm Leaf, by the way. Leaf, son of Leaf. It's nice to meet you, Leaf. So we could just go to the mine? I mean, you could just go anywhere if you really think about it. That is true. I wonder if we could find Pipit there. That's probably where Pipit went. Oh, undoubtedly. Hmm. But I remember she said she met me. I think. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember her immediately, but I, I believe she meant that she knows she's she studied what you do. She she hasn't studied. You. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. I had thought that maybe I'd forgotten her face, or maybe I saw her at one point, and I don't know. That makes more sense. Okay. I, there's no. There's certainly no discounting anything, but I do know that she and I have both not been here recently, so it's unlikely. But that makes... that That would track more. Well... Maybe we should see if we could find her. And the mines would be a good place to start. Uh, 
Brody, why? I'm curious what uh, what is your interest in the mines and the outbreak? I'm a bit of a collector of random things, and there's always nice random things to find in interesting new places. Seems pretty reasonable to me now that I think about it. Pawn has put two and two together and just, just kind of holds his cloak a little closer to him. Hmm. <laughs> Lottie, you, you feel more than you hear the sound of a slamming door. Not in Night Fairies, but what you suspect to be Pedelson's next door. I think I'm going to go to that store to buy a random thing, or at least to make it seem like I'm going to buy a random thing in a very normal way, very subtle. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to also invite Pawn and Leaf and be like, do you want to check out that apothecary and see if there's anything worthwhile? I mean, it could be good to get some sort of, well, medicine of any kind if uh, there's an outbreak. I'm surely... Surely they'd have curatives. I I would hope that they would have some. Not a bad idea, then. Sure. Leaf gets up. All gets right. a little uh, oh. pouch and puts the rest of the berries in and cinches it. <laughs> Can you make sure to close that very tightly, <laughs> please? Oh, yes. No, it's, it, the, the sinews uh, do a very good job. Good. Party uh, rises from their table and walks over to the double doors. Pedelsons. You open the doors, and all three of you walk in. Uh, inside of Pedelsons, it is uh, dimly lit. It is, doesn't have the same kind of lighting setup. As night fairies, um, <clears throat> and once you're inside of Petalsons, you begin to feel like something is looking at you, something is watching you. Um, domestic Dan Leaf, you will probably uh, feel this sensation first. Um, I'm going to have you roll an uh, a detect roll. Yes. Since you're trained in detect, that's a 3d6. Eight plus uh, five, I believe. Yeah, plus six, so. Sorry, uh, 16 plus six. Um, yeah, that's more oh. than enough. You, yeah. Leaf, you you look up to the rafters of Petalsense. You notice it's much quieter in here. Mm. And although it's dark, you can make out a large pair of yellow eyes. They're wide and they are staring right at you. 
I'd like to make a note too. Uh, I do have a, an ability that would also have helped here, which is uh, arachnid anticipation. I cannot be surprised. Oh, so you don't even have to roll. <laughs> yeah, but it you fits just, anyway. You just look <laughs> up and see uh, a huge uh, pair of eyes staring down at you, probably the size of a saucer. A saucer for tea. Two. Probably give a wave and uh, then keep moving. Just letting them know I know they're there. <laughs> you hear a, a void from the from the rafters. Uh, you hear it kind of make a little... <laughs> you hear it make a little... <laughs> sound, and uh, then you just hear some skittering away to another dark corner of the rafters. You hear a oh, voice was... saying, is someone there? Yes. Is that, is that the right response? <laughs> I, we are here, so yes. Mm. What do you want? Anything in particular? Uh, there's been an outbreak. We uh, were come wondering... closer, I can't hear you. Come closer. Where is the coming closer coming from? Uh, you understand that they're just behind some of these these cramped trinkets and and, and stacks. You understand that there's probably a, a, a counter somewhere, and you just start wandering, looking for it. Um, as as that's happening, like Pawn's voice gets louder. Uh, some uh, uh, curatives. Um, panacea. As you round the, as you round, round a stack here, you you find uh, a, just a tiny little woman, just a tiny old woman, uh, um, standing, I think, behind a, a, a counter. Uh, she has spectacles, and um, upon closer inspection, you can you can actually make out uh, that she uh, is one of the spectacles is uh, is covered, like um, blinded. On one side. Um, his his what voice has gotten like, as high, and it, it just comes down immediately. Like, uh, preventatives? <laughs> You're looking for pre- 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 preventatives? Is that what you want? There's, there's been an outbreak, and I just want to make sure that we are as safe as we can oh, be. Oh, there's always some kind of outbreak or some such thing. I never pay it no mind. Neither should you. Uh, does not know what to literally does not know what to say at that. You can hear the skittering again. It's I coming think closer. Like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, if there's no need to worry about it. You have no medicines for it, just in case something happens? Look, kiddo, I've got maybe two two curatives left. That's for the whole town, by the way. So that's a, a no, then? Well, it means they're going to be kind of expensive. How, how many vouchers you got? Mm, uh, enough. Enough. Uh, how many do they cost? That don't work on credit. 
No, I have vouchers. I just want to know how much. Everybody's always trying to work on credit with me. I, I still have vouchers. What's your name? I haven't seen you around here. Leaf. I, I do the cult. Oh, you're one of those cult weirdos. That's right. Always up there licking those plants, trying to get high on them. Yeah. Don't think I've done that. I know your type. You can't get high on a cult plant. Trust me. Trust me. Oh, you one of the weirdos too? No. No. Uh, oh. I no. was gonna say I, 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 but I don't have any on me because I haven't done a harvest. You don't have any on you? Not one no. tiny bit. No. Just a no. nip. Just a little no. nip. I got some faster berry. Ah. Uh, bloody! What are what are you doing here? Have you made it up to the counter? Um, I'm just kind of like like I'm like pacing around the the like apothecary and kind of just like grazing my fingers along all of the different trinkets and like the shelves and stuff like that. Sure, you I'm notice kind of like. You notice yeah. that this whole place appears to be full of junk. The things that are in, in, in the stacks here are not things you would normally find at a Pedelson's. It's things like broken pieces of equipment and like bits and pieces of, of, of wood, which in Islis is rather strong. It's rather hard. It's almost like almost metallic. Um, you notice that there seems to be a lot of dirt on the ground and you've stepped in something, uh, some kind of dropping. Do I know like what it's from? Is it from a cat? Uh, well, you are trained in bushcraft. You could uh, you you could roll for it. I will do that. Okay, that's a three d six roll, and it'll be it's a pretty familiar one. So probably the the number to beat would be a uh, uh, we'll say an eight. You're trained in bushcraft. That gives you a plus five to your roll. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, so you roll a nine plus five is fourteen. You beat it. Uh, you understand that the uh, that the, the the thing you've stepped in, almost slipped in, is a dropping from a creature called a doska. It's a uh, it's a it's about the size of a large Maine coon. Uh, it's got some webbing in between its limbs, its spindly limbs. It's long, it's lanky, but it's got a wide head with huge eyes, and it mostly lives uh, in people's homes because it's domesticated. It's it can't really survive in the wild, and you know that there are a lot of things out there that would eat it, given the chance. Um, so it's basically, it's like a cat. Kind of. Cool. Then I'm gonna, like, approach the lady. Actually, I'm not gonna approach. I'm just gonna keep walking around, like, continuing to, like, just sort of, like, tap my fingers on, like, all of the little trinkets and stuff, and just say, how can you afford such a pet in a town like this when your store is full of junk. Are you talking to me? What did you say? What are you, who, who is that? Get over here. You're upsetting like, Hamlet. I very casually but slowly stroll up to her. And I just ask, how can you afford to keep a pet like this? You see the Doska uh, squirm its way down the, uh, down back behind the counter. Its long form is kind of even more elongated. You can see its fur. It's 
kind of moves in like a serpentine almost way, but it is mammalian as far as you know. Um, it's got short little ears, like it's made for sticking its face in some kind of hole, eating some awful grub. Uh, it looks up at you from behind the counter with the old woman, and you notice this, some similarities. Also large eyes, also tiny, also uh, just kind of mean. <laughs> Hamlet disappears back behind the counter. You're upsetting Hamlet. What did you say to me? What did you say to me? I was just curious how you could afford a pet like that. But no means to upset your your pet. I don't want to bother Hamlet in any way. Yeah, it's not for sale. Hamlet's not for sale. You can't have it. Okay. Anyway, what did you say you wanted? At this point, can I, like, look around to see if there's any, like, sort of shady dealings that she's, like, obviously up to if she's not selling, like, normal, real person things at this store? Yeah, sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, you can make a little roll for me. That'll be a, uh, that'll be a, we'll call it a detect roll. Uh, you're trained to detect. You get a plus four to that roll, and we'll say it's a, we'll say it's a, a ten. You'll have to beat a 10. So, uh... 3d6, you get a 12 plus 4, so 16. Yeah, you easily see a, a lockbox behind the, uh... Behind the counter. Um, you recognize it as something like a file cabinet. You've seen people put, you know, files and things like this. Uh, in boxes just like this behind most... You've been to a Pedalsons before, other Pedalsons, and you know exactly where to look for the lockbox, and it's there. And it's, yeah, it's, she seems like she uses it. So there's probably a ledger in there if you wanted to find a way to get it. Cool. <laughs> so we're fine. We don't need anything for this outbreak, this quarantine. Look, kids, there's always some kind of quarantine or some kind of some kind of outbreak, and I've been here for 30-some years, and it's always the same. And if I'm still here, surely you'll still be here, too. But I'm, I have a couple of curatives if you really want to buy them. Well, again, my friend was asking, how much? I'll take a voucher for each one of them. Fair enough. Do you produce a voucher? <laughs> uh, Leaf oh, no. does. He pulls like, out one last yeah, voucher, actually. Leaf yeah. peels off a voucher from the stack of seven <laughs> vouchers in the Leaf purse. <laughs> you see, uh... You see the old woman just kind of take the voucher really delicately and just kind of... It seems legitimate. Puts it down on, so. on the thing, gently, gingerly lays it down, two of them, and produces uh, two curatives. Oh, I just gave her. I just gave her one. Oh, you only want one. All right, then she only takes one uh, and then produces two, uh, two curatives. Um... 
Let's take a look here. You can have uh, one vial of elixir. Elixir heals two health, uh, and it's in your bloodstream for 24 hours. All right. Evaded date. Um, so, do you want anything else? It's all I wanted. Stick in my bag. Has there been anyone else here worried or concerned about the outbreak? Everyone seems really calm about it. That seems odd. Is that is that normal? Um, I'm gonna have you make a persuasion check for me. On <laughs> uh, as a sycophant, you are heavily trained in the skill and art of persuasion, particularly among Kassan, uh and among humans. Um, your persuasion skill is something that you're you're proficient in, and it also gives you a plus eight. So uh, I'll make the check here ten. No, I'll make the check here at 13. It'll be a 13. Uh, you'll roll a 3d6 plus 8. So, yeah, that's a... Uh, uh, 15, is that right? No, it's uh, 17. Yeah, you easily pass this. Um, the old woman looks up at you and just says... Um, look, I'm, I'm not such a fan of the corpsmen in this town, especially not the new one. And yeah, they were here earlier. They were muttering something about the mines. Being all secretive and weird. Well, I'm sure nothing escapes you in your store. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Nothing. Is, you're, that's right. Yeah. Nothing escapes me in this store. Me or Hamlet. Hamlet didn't like him either. I'm liking Hamlet more and more every moment. Because he's adorable, aren't you? Ow! Ow! <laughs> adorable. Since you obviously know there's nothing to worry about, then... What did they have? Like, what were they muttering about? Since now I know from you, there's no problem. It's just an outbreak. It's just a quarantine. They come and go. So what could get corpsmen so riled up? The old woman leans in closer and encourages you to do so. She leans in and she says, <laughs> she says, look, I, I'm, I'm not much of a gossip. And if you this gets back to me at any point. I'll deny it up and down. They'll nail you to the wall for it. But, uh, I don't know when those corpsmen were in here and they were talking about some kind of operation that they was doing in the mines. And they said that, uh, they said that it was almost complete and that they had all the supplies they needed. They just needed a couple of special deliveries that had come here to Peddleson's and I gave them to them. And they said they was going to those mines. And they said something about how the quarantine wasn't actually a real quarantine and it was just a cover. And that's all I know. And listen, you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> of course not. No, no, I'm, I never heard a thing. 
I really hate those corpse men. They're pretty, uh... Yeah, they're not great a lot of the time. They're not in the job of being liked. Anyway, it's stores <laughs> for customers only. You guys gonna buy some or what? I just... I did, I did but... Okay. Just, uh, we, oh, oh, okay. Um... Thank you, and Leaf walks out. Okay. Do you walk out did we walk come into out Night Fairies, or do you walk out into the street? Yeah, I was gonna say, did we come here through Night Fairies? Yeah, there's, a, there's like... a door, they share a door, an interior door, but okay. you can go on either side. You yeah, can leave onto the street if you want. Right onto the street. All right. Kind of looking at, toward the mines. Sure, you hear a little ring. You open up the door. Um, Pawn does check back over the store and the shelves to see if he can see any signs of Lottie. Do you? Uh, Bloody, where are you? Are you still within view? I walk out when Leaf walks out. Okay. All right, cool. So it's just you, Pond. Then I am very... <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm. Well, everything certainly seems to be in order here. I suppose that I should leave. Hey, wait, before you go, just know that uh, <laughs> yeah, um, those corpsmen, they're, they're dangerous, right? They're dangerous folks, so just... Be careful, all right? Yeah, Leaf holds up a... Uh, sorry, Pawn holds up a bandaged... I forgot who I was. For <laughs> uh, holds up a bandaged hand and says, yeah. I know. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And as you uh, exit the store, you just hear the voice of the old woman, close the door behind you, you're gonna let Hamlet out. <laughs> See the friggin' thing up in the top corner trying to paw its way through the door? You're trying oh, to leave. Okay. Yeah, just gonna, yeah, just, and, and, like, just even an extra kind of shove behind, like, no, this, the store is staying closed. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the Dosco remains contained for now. <laughs> and as the party make their way out onto the street towards the mines, uh, we'll take our break here. We'll be right back in the next five minutes. Make sure you grab some water and check out our Kickstarter. We're live on Kickstarter at this very moment, so check out the Kickstarter. Hit the follow button here on Switch. We'll be right back with more Isless Episode 3. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Isless. Where we last left our party, they had just left the local Pedelsons. They'd spoken to an old woman who despised the corpsmen. And let our party in on a little tip. Perhaps the outbreak wasn't all that it seemed, and maybe something was going on in the mines. Party, now making their way steadily towards the foothills of Arcadia Farms, where you know the nearest mine in the Tazco corporate exclusion zone. Probably not the best idea to just walk in. Uh, so, as we're making our way, like, I'm gonna pick up, like, if I see one, like, a little, like, half-smoked cigarette from the ground and start, like, poofing on it as, as we, like, make our way. We should probably be right outside the building we left, or like somewhere along the path. It's just like find one on the on the street. Yeah, yeah. like a half smoked, 
not even in like an ash. Yeah. There's no ashtrays or anything, so it's just like on the on oh. the ground, kind of dirt, dirty. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the cigarettes in Islis are uh, are made from a, a cult plant fibrous byproduct. So uh, while you can like grind them up and smoke them, um, it's it's really harsh. It smells terrible, uh, but it does give you a buzz and it does get you a little bit high. Uh, you're, you successfully have found a, just a dirty half-smoking cigarette, half-smoked cigarette on the ground, and you're now smoking it. Is any part of that a good idea right now? I think every part of this is a good idea. Uh, Okay. Upon the scent of it is, uh, astoundingly bad to you. (laughs) Which one wins, Festerberries or this skunky? <laughs> well, at least the at least the cigarette is outside. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Just, I, far, far be it for me to deny anyone their vices. What exactly are we going to do when we get to the mines? Enjoy the sights. Is a joke. I'm not sure. Yes, I Maybe. Suppose, yes, I suppose it was. <laughs> it, it, uh, look around. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the word blackmail. I'm not very. Well, I can be okay at getting the things. It's a matter of the speaking and, you know, telling them. That they have the blackmail. I mean, if you're of the mind, I'm certain there's something to value off that way. They're not mining nothing, that's for certain. And it did sound like whatever's going on down here, they don't want anyone to know about. So... Could be... Well, you, uh... You did kind of get rid of your token that gave you the ability to have a place to sleep. I hadn't thought about that. Thank you, Leaf. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, you could join me in the trees if you like, but... I... I... Perhaps we take a look and I don't know as I, I you know Pipette took off the moment that we read the sign so at the very least she's probably down here I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea either yeah easier for her to have an excuse that is also true well we can see if we find her maybe Maybe find something that uh, can give an advantage while you stay here. Because as long as they're not hurting anyone, I mean, don't really, doesn't really matter if they're doing something shady. Both of you look too bloody. <laughs> kind of look around and like 
So you keep talking about this Pippet person. Is that your friend or? I met him today. She's the other person so far here in Arcadia Farms I've spent the most time with, so sure. So y'all are meeting a lot of folks today. Yes. It's been an interesting day, yes. That's pretty exciting. I'm certain that y'all are going to have a wonderful time in this town that definitely is fantastic. It's alright. Okay, he didn't hear that. I, I did. I get it. I, I understand. It's bleak here. I just... I'm out of my element and thank you for your guidance so far today. It's been it's very okay, appreciated. <laughs> As you approach, you, uh, all three of you stop and can see now the entrance to the mine. The Tasco mine entrance is a rather large, uh, cavernous entrance with, uh, with a door, big wooden door and a f- big wooden frame to cover the, the entrance to this mine. <clears throat> there are some tracks. You're both well aware that there are mining tr- like tracks for carts that go back and forth from inside of a mine like this. Mines such as these are kind of rare. Uh, it's not very often <clears throat> that you'll find a, um, a mine uh, that digs down into the earth in Islis. Um, but you find one here. You also know that mines such as this are often cordoned off by a rather large wall. Uh, and you find a rather large wall before you as well. Like a huge fence, almost. There's an entrance, and it appears unguarded. I'm going to use my spider walk to climb up on top of the wall. Sure, yeah. You easily climb this this clay-looking wall. It's much tougher than clay when you touch it. Probably some kind of stone that's just been uh, molded over time by rain, wind. Easily, right up the side of the wall and over the other side. What next? Um, So what I'm going to do is when I'm at the top of the wall, I'm going to let... I'm going to let my rope down oh. and I'm going to, I'm going to to pawn, right. And tell him to grab the rope and I'm going to grab the other end of the rope so that I can be on the other side. So there's a weight to it oh. so that pawn can climb up. And then so that leaf can climb up. Do you go for that pawn? Is it apparent that the, that there's an entrance that could just be opened? There is. Yeah, there's a door some some ways uh, you know, some ways down the fence line. And it oh, appears okay. it appears so we're, unguarded. We're, oh, we're okay, never no, I, I get it now. I, I okay, I thought we'd come up closer to the door. Um I I, I don't I, It's okay, Pon. You've already come this far. Today has been a day of new experiences, so all right. Um, I think his pawn has nothing that would help this, so um, unless, like, you know, he kind of looks over to Leaf, like, can you at least give me a boost? Oh, yeah, I can help. 
like do, without you like once you say help leaf has kind of like started to pick you up and like <laughs> set you on shoulders <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> and eagle and then starts pushing you toward the rope to grab it Okay, this works. This this is good. <laughs> oh, better anyway. <laughs> so, do you both go up the side of this rope uh, together? Uh, no, I, I'm I'm he- boosting him to get to the rope easier, and then I'll follow after. Uh, okay, sounds good. So, uh, the, I want to backpack him. Climbing <laughs> is definitely not in Pond's wheelhouse. <laughs> All right. So, as you uh, as you 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 grab this rope, um, Bloody. You uh you leap off the other end side of the the wall there, and as you're falling, Pawn, you're being s- just sucked up towards the top of this wall at a rather quick pace, much faster, I think, than you anticipated, and you're just kind of huh <laughs> up the side of this wall, and you you make it up to the top barely. You're scrambling to get up to the side, and you you do make it. Okay, that worked somehow. And then looking to Blotty, like, well, do I come down or do what? What do I do? You got to do the same thing for Leaf now. Okay, so there's more. Got it. All right. Um, well, then, yeah, Pawn will make sure that, like, you know, spools out the rest of the rope and prepares to try and be Leaf's counterweight now. <laughs> sure. How, do you, how does that work, Leaf? Does that work, uh, work out for you? <laughs> At least Pawn offers. This this is this is the like, yeah. Yeah. Probably seeing that uh, you getting down without having me as your counterweight isn't probably going to work. Because Leaf was honestly about to go and just walk around and go in the entrance. <laughs> but seeing that you probably can't get down now <laughs> if I go do that. Uh, yeah, leave. You can always leave. call for the guards for help if you need <laughs> it. You know, like, <laughs> are you calling for the guards? I mean, like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, but Leaf grabs Girl. the rope and and works to basically counterweight you down. And then once, it, whenever it, at the top, Leaf will just climb down. All right. Yeah. You're. I mean, you're a tapper. This is nothing for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, tappers and Islis are heavily trained at climbing. It's basically the entire job. That and making sure that you don't die when you're up there. Um, once you make your way down the side of the wall, the interior side of the wall, Leaf, uh, all three of you are now together. Uh, all three of you are now together, and, uh, and you are here inside of the entrance of, of this Taz Company mine. Uh, it appears empty. Um, you can see no one here. Hmm. I think I'd I'm like- gonna give myself distance and sneak ahead to make sure that there is no one there, and then like like wave them forward, sort of like in stages. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll make that a check of ten. You're you're uh, skilled in. The skill known as, uh, you're proficient in the skill known as stock. It gives you a plus five to your roll. Uh, so we'll give you a 3d6 and the check to beat will 10. Check is 10. 12 easily. Yeah, you easily beat it. Um, it's 12 plus five, so five, 17. 
as you um, <clears throat> as you're, you're just sort of creeping along this this grass up to the the rocky entrance of the the mine, um, you can see or hear uh, no one, but you do notice that the door of the mine is has been left slightly ajar, and you can see f- footsteps going in. I would uh, very much like to look for evidence, specifically, like, how many people are here. Uh, I, I You'd probably see Leaf actually kind of, like, get down low onto the ground to look at this and see which, how many boot prints, all of, all of those details, uh, just to know what we're getting into. Uh, I do have an ability which will help after if I find anything of Bloodhound, which uh, will let me know where a target has been, where they're going, and a rough idea what they're doing, if I find evidence. Sure. Uh, evidence is trivially easy to find, so you won't have to roll to find the footprints that uh, that Bloody has already confirmed are there. As you walk up to the mine entrance, you, using Bloodhound, um, a skill uh, common among the Order of the Hound, you automatically know where a target has recently been, where they're going, and a rough idea of what they were doing if you find evidence of their presence. And you see a set of two footprints in the ground matching the foot shape and size of the boots worn by corpsmen. You're reasonably certain that two corpsmen have recently walked into this mine, and you do not see a set of footprints leaving corresponding to those. You notice with this skill that the f- boot prints are unusually heavy as though they were carrying something big mm. a lot of weight well my friend these I have are... a plan oh you do <laughs> I do okay well I'm all ears as I get up off of the ground because <laughs> so you just did an investigation how many people do they does it seem like there is? Oh, there's only two. Uh, they were carrying something heavy. Probably whatever they got from the uh, the apothecary. Perfect. So they're tired, right? And we got a door right here, okay? If we make a little bit of noise, get them to come out the door, somebody slam the door on one of them, well, one of us grabs their arm, okay? We could, like, break their arm or beat them up or something while they're jammed in that door. The other one won't be able to fight. And then it's two three-on-ones instead of two-on-three. Maybe. I. The only flaw I see in this plan is the closer we are to the town, the more noise that could be made, and then those two become many. Breaking an also, arm kind of causes the screamings. Also, simply a sign of aggression against the corpsman doesn't seem like a solid plan. Yeah, that... I'd have to maybe move towns. You like to work here. You all three of you know that the distance between this mine and the rest of the corporate exclusion zone for Tazco is far enough to where you probably wouldn't be able to hear most screaming. So it's not necessarily the biggest problem if there was a lot of screaming. And you probably, if you were screaming, you doubt somebody would come to help you because they probably couldn't hear you. 
And also they wouldn't want to. But also, why are we attacking them? I thought we were blackmail. I just thought we were following and watching. I mean, you only need one person to blackmail. I mean, look, I get it. If y'all are here to make friends, I totally understand. I've lived in this town for a while. I don't have a ton of friends. Don't know how friendly the folks are. But, like, I'm only one. I'm just making suggestions. Maybe we see what's happening first. Maybe. Also, if we do hurt them that they're conscious and able to do things afterward, they'll just tell we'd... Not terribly keen on killing them if we ha don't have to, they, but I wouldn't want anyone to report back. I mean, it wouldn't be the first mysterious death in the mines, you know. No, that's true, but again... Maybe, maybe a bit aggressive, especially because, again, we did just meet you. You know. You're right, you're right. I'm sorry. We should just walk in there and ask them what they're doing. I mean, I was I thinking about that. Observation and oh. information are important. Yes. Maybe, maybe observation first. Just to see what they're up to. That could be useful information that would inform any interrogation that you might do. And then if they happen to attack us, then that's when the, your, your suggestion may indeed come in handy. All right, well, I'll follow y'all's lead. All right. Uh, you're very good at the sneaking around, I, I see, I've noticed. Uh, do you uh, do you want to keep doing that, or do you want to just walk with us? I think I can just walk with you guys. I mean, if they're within range that we can hear them... I don't think there's that much sneaking that we can really do with a door between us and them. It's true. All right. And Leaf just starts walking deeper into the mine. <laughs> as as they walk into the mine, I'm going to be behind them and I'm going to have my knife ready. <laughs> all right, so we're all going into the mine. Great. Well, it's pawn. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> On, are we going into the mine? Sure. All right. We're here. We're here now. So. Are you sure? I mean, <laughs> we didn't. Yeah, we know. There's. We haven't heard. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. This this bad idea day is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you open the door to the mine. Walk through. It's very dark inside. The light in the door you've just walked through casts a very dim source of light through the entryway to this mine. Um, 
Leaf, I'm gonna have you make another, uh... Actually, no, so you have that, uh, you have that perk where you have, uh, you have the ability for, uh... I can't be surprised. For, uh... <laughs> no, no, you have the ability oh. to be a bloodhound, the ability. Ah, yes. And I'll just call this the extension of your previous bloodhound use, since it relates to the exact same thing. Hmm, uh, right. As you walk through the mine into the entranceway, you notice that your boots have become a little wet. This isn't entirely unusual. Sometimes water is uh, trucked into these mines, uh, carted in on rails. Um, But it doesn't seem to be water. You smell something flammable. Mm. The corpsman footprints lead just a little way ahead around a corner does anyone have a source of light hmm I mean probably a small one due to the cook set I have hmm okay sure yeah you uh, you have like a like a teeny tiny little torch (laughs) Yeah, it's like a little fire starter. Like a little (laughs) tiny fire starter. You can make a teeny tiny torch and have a teeny tiny little view. Although, is it the the flammable scent, does that smell of gas or does it smell of, like, a fuel source? A fuel source. Okay, that's, there's a good, that's the distinct, didn't want to just blow us all up. It doesn't smell like gas, it smells like some sort of fuel source. And you have a feeling it's on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I light light that, but kind of keep it like hooded, so to speak, so that it's not flickering down the hallway or the uh, cavern. You, you ignite your little torch, and you can see prints from the corpsman leading up around a little corner and as you enter a little bit further you see on the ground uh, a boot with a leg attached around just around a little a little corner do you investigate it further oh yeah definitely as you get a little further um you find more of the corpsman. It is uh, no longer alive. He's appears to have been flayed in certain parts. His arms, uh, skin has been like torn away from his arms. There's uh, little bits of flesh kind of like hanging off of his bones. Um, face and cheeks are mostly gone. Um, you find another body next to him. This corpseman too has been a little flayed, but looks at you as you approach. Sputters and coughs and blood comes out of his mouth. <laughs> what the? Uh, what did this to you? Demon, a bastard, told us to come in here. Toast to come in here and light the 
mine on fire so that we could steal some supplies. We were, we got a shipment from Tasco and brought all the equipment here. And we were supposed to light the the mine on the mine on fire. Hangman, that bastard didn't tell us there was blow crabs here. Oh God. Okay then. And I back away a bit. You hear something from deeper within the mine. It's getting louder. Can I throw one of my throwing knives blindly off to where it is? Would you like to? Yes. <laughs> I'm firing my magic missile into the darkness. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yeah. You can. Sure. How many of these throwing knives you got? We have 10. I have 10. I have 10 of these throwing knives. All right. You can throw one. And then as soon as you do, we're going to roll for initiative. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, make me a roll. It'll be a um, it'll be a three d six, and the that's completely dark down there. So it'll be a, a challenge of twenty. You get a plus five. Uh, oh, actually, no, you uh, you don't. You get a plus four, and you have to roll two d six because you're not proficient at ranged weapons. Oh damn. <laughs> Um, just double check here. Is that even possible? Oh, no, no. Uh, sorry. Knife throwing blades count as a ranged weapon. That's right. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's try it. Roll a 2d6 plus four. You have to hit 20. I don't yep. think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, is good, that, good luck. Is that, it's impossible. It's not, it's not yeah. possible. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still want to waste your throwing knife? Or? I mean, I feel like at this point, I've already said it, and that's like commitment to the bit. All right, <laughs> here we go. So you panic and uh, roll a 14. It's not quite enough. You throw this throwing knife, and it bing, hits against the side of uh, uh, the wall, and you just hear another, even louder... I'll need everyone to roll initiative. Uh, initiative in Islis is rolled with a 1d6. Every character rolls a 1d6. Keep track of your numbers. Uh, Pawn, your number is 2. Leaf, your number is 1. <laughs> Lottie, your number is three. Enemy numbers are four. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't actually, I was looking at the wrong screen. Was it four? Ah, well, just enemy numbers are six. And three. All right. Did anyone roll the same number? 
No. Very well. Doesn't look like it, no. All right. Um, initiative is rolled from uh, from the... Let me just double check here. Uh, just want to make sure that I don't get this wrong. <laughs> Highest roll goes first, and the lowest roll goes last. So, the highest roll here is a six. Um, the party, you find flickering in the darkness before you. Uh, just the outline. A large shape. Much larger than you. It's wobbling. It appears unstable. And every step, you can see it moving in the darkness. Lies before you is known as a bloat crab. Bloat crab is in zone two. It cannot reach you. And it uses a turn to come ever closer. You see its body hulking mass, this huge creature using the bits and pieces of the sides of the wall to, to just to scoot its whole body even closer. It is now within close range. Um, what's the next highest roll? I believe they. I rolled a uh, three. Yeah, bloody. Uh, bloody is a three. Uh, what did you get, Leaf? You got a one. A uh, one. And then, uh, Pawn, you got a two. Two. Okay. Alrighty. Um, Wadi, your turn. What do you decide to do? All right. I'm gonna use my, I'm gonna use my passing strike, uh, to jump towards the other side of the bloat crab, so we we're kind of like on both sides of it then, and, and stab it in the back. So, uh, passing strike is a major action. Uh, you also gain one stress when you use it. I'll add one stress to your character sheet. Passing Strike says any melee weapon attack versus defense, make an attack as you move to the opposite side of your target. Um, as you're stabbing it with your uh, with your knife, which is a light weapon, you are proficient in this. Uh, you'll roll a 3d6 with a, uh, a plus five. 
You roll a 13. Uh, your 13 is divided into... Uh, you've rolled a 6, a 4, and a 3. Combat works in Islis. <clears throat> is that... Uh, Attacking requires just one 3d6 roll. In order to do damage, you must get a higher number than your opponent's defense. You have done so. With your attack attempt, the sum of all three dice added to your total weapon skill appropriate for that attack. So, because you roll a 13, you get a plus 5 with light weapons. That brings the total up to 5, 6, 7, 8, 18. Uh, that beats the defense of the enemy. Um, because you are using a light weapon, you take the total of the second highest die... Uh, oh no, it looks like the dice have changed. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. But the second highest of yours was, uh, was a four, is that right? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you take, uh, you take four. You deal four damage as you, uh, as you stab the bloated mass, which is facing away from you now. And you notice that it's sort of leaking onto you. Uh, you can't feel whether it's burning you or not. Uh, the adrenaline is kind of pumping through your system. But you have managed to stab it, and it is pretty pissed. Uh, the bloat crab is dealt four damage. Next is... Uh, is that you notice from deeper within the mine another one. And this one appears to be with eggs. You can see just behind in this massive bubble that it's carrying around in its back, it's sort of see-through and viscous. You can see hundreds of eggs in the back of this creature. And it is also pissed. It uh, uses its turn to uh, come right up behind you, Lottie. Next is Pawn. Pawn, what do you do? Uh, run. You would like to run. <laughs> <laughs> that is a no-brainer. Um, yeah, essentially back the, like, trying to get the bearings and just go back the way we came. Okay, you would like to... So you start to panic. It's a, it's a, a civilized panic, but it's definitely panic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's a civilized panic. <laughs> um, yeah, like... Yeah. There hasn't been a whole lot. It's, it's just been a lot of shock, like, huh? And... Apprising the situation, Pawn is like, I am not built for this. Gonna go. Pawn, as you're running away, uh, you almost trip over a supply cache. It's a uh, the box that these corpsmen were bringing in to the uh, to the mine, and it's open. And as you look further into the box, you can see a set of six alloy pickaxes. You also find two. Uh, two what appear to be arms. Bright, glittering arms. 
much fancier than uh, than you could possibly have imagined would be delivered here to Tazcom Corporation. They are uh, gleaming in the darkness from the dim light of Leaf's little torch, and they appear to your eyes to be as of yet unused and ready to accept a host. Uh, so how do arms work? These arms are bio-augmentations. They are created from a uh, human skin-safe alloy, and they attach to your body uh, in a, uh, a, a very physical way. They... <laughs> They sort of, uh, they sort of just enter your skin down to your bone uh, in several key places and accept, um, and accept musculature from your bones as a method of a control surface. These arms in particular are, uh, there's, there's one arm that's uh, designed for mining. It's got a drill on it. There's another arm that has uh, several tentacles on it that you know uh, aid in lifting. They would probably add to your might. They are uh, of an excellent quality, and they have yet to be used. You can't find any evidence of blood or skin or bones on them. Applying it would take hardly any time at all. Removing it, however, would probably take some time and some uh, skill. Yeah. Um, I, like, seeing, well, knowing that there was delivery, seeing that this is what's in the box, um, thoughts are still of leaving, but Pawn does, does just basically yell, like, there are weapons here? They're for mining, but you can use them for weapons, and is still focused on leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so you you found the supply cache, you almost stumbled over it, and you just you just shouted, "There's some weapons here!" And you're still kind of like, huh, leaving, backing away towards the entrance. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Leaf, it's your turn. Okay, because uh, I don't know. We haven't really figured out what uh, a lot of our own possessions are. I know I have, like, climbing equipment and things, of course. But... I'm more skilled in things that are lighter and thrown. I don't think... Unless unless they're a very light alloy, I don't think uh, pickaxes are considered a light weapon, correct? Um... Depends on the alloy, truly. Uh, let me double check. Because if it, if I would I would I, since I've been in town for about a month I would think I'd hope I'd have a rough idea because if I think it's light I'll grab it if I think it's heavy I'm not going to miss yeah, it. Yeah, the the pickaxes probably are more tools than weapons. Yeah. Yeah, they probably wouldn't do much more than you know any other light weapon. Yeah, right. But these arms could do something. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh. I would definitely run over and take a look. Sure. Uh, 
a drill arm doesn't sound very appealing because what how are you gonna grab anything with a drill yeah but uh, this weird tentacle arm that could be very nice for the trees <laughs> okay uh, uh yeah I, this, I this would tentacle arm you you understand this tentacle arm to give you a plus one to your might score eh might score ah I see I see yes uh I do have a question though mm-hmm. uh just about this town real quick mm-hmm. if I were to say have this on my arm and walk out with it on my arm as a replacement is that a oh you are now going to get arrested immediately you shouldn't have that or it's a oh you have that you it's installed on you it must have been yours you know these implements to be uh to be tools of the kasat right this is this is tools that are bestowed upon human workers who are loyal to the kasat and so you know that if you do walk out with one it won't be that you'll be arrested you'll just be assumed to be a collaborator so you'll take a penalty to um persuading humans i think oh that's already terrible that don't matter that's (laughs) that's just i i'm not good at that anyway everyone stays away because of the berries what's more one more thing uh yeah uh with with my lack of maybe Street smarts, we'll put it that way. Uh, yeah, I, I immediately grab this arm and slap it on me. All right, uh, sure. The yeah. tentacle one, specifically. And as I'm sure you, it's horribly excruciating. As you do, you know that the tentacles are folded up around themselves. They are metallic in nature, segmented. And uh, as you apply it to your shoulder, you begin to feel an itching, a burning sensation. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, you'll take a minus one to your health, and it starts drilling into your bones. You feel it in several places along your arm, getting deeper and deeper into your skin before the metal and your skin functionally become one. The tentacle now, as uh, your arm is dripping from blood and some kind of viscous fluid, effluvium, you find uh, you find that the uh, the tentacles have now unfurled, making your arm slightly longer, and you can feel a sense of oneness with them. It's almost as though your mind has become instantly attuned to the extra length and heft of this device. You gain plus one might, and uh, you take a minus one to uh, human persuasion. All right. I've added the one to might. I guess I'll need to get to proficient I've... in that eventually. <laughs> sure. Uh, you can do a minor action on this turn if you like. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I think then... Uh, what what minor actions could I do then? Uh, so, you could... Uh, you could move. You could jump. You could stand up, hide, fall prone, take cover. Uh, you could fire a ranged weapon. Uh, you could. I don't know if I have one. We haven't discussed it, so. Okay. You could uh, use an item, grab an item, or toss an item. I think. Yeah. Well, so my thought there. I've got this cool, cool arm now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's got a little more reach. I might. Uh, I, I. I have what's called quick reload. And while I don't have a ranged weapon, there are some nice pickaxes that maybe uh, could be thrown at one point. <laughs> Would you, you consider throw, me grabbing one and reload? 
yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Absolutely, that's an excellent idea. Absolutely. All right, so I reload with my tentacle arm now. <laughs> sure. Uh, and grab a, <laughs> grab a pickaxe and ready myself. Okay, yeah, that, so I'll, we'll just roll you a 3d6. You'll get a, uh, you'll get a plus five because you are uh, you're trained in ranged weapons. <laughs> Is, oh, is, I'm, I'm able to attack with it? I thought that uh, the, the reload was just the, the minor. Oh, wait, let me see. You might be right. Yeah, let's it's see. a minor action to reload, which oh, is what I was is. doing, like, readying oh, okay. myself. All right, so yeah. Okay, good catch. Sorry, I didn't see it. No, yeah. that's all right. You do. You uh, have you have it ready, and it's cocked back and ready to go. All right. So there you go, Pon. Thanks for letting me know that there is a nice new arm for me. This will be great for climbing. <laughs> the... Uh, the next turn is uh, the bloat crab, the one that was injured by Blotty. It's, uh, it is screaming, wildly flailing, and turns right around onto you, Blotty. Um, it uses an attack uh, called Bite on you. Um... see here 14 that's a uh, 5 5 and a 4 oh no what is your defense Benny uh, my defense is 12 oh no the bloat crab easily uh, brushes past whatever defense you may have thought you could do and hits you for 5 uh, 5 damage with a bite its jaws, its massive jaws open up. You can see like three, four different sets of mandibles coming out and snapping closed towards you. A couple of them get your skin, tear a little bit off the shoulders. Uh, you take five damage. It stings really badly. Uh, next up is you. What do you do? I'm going to do the same thing that I did the last turn, which is I'm going to do I'm going to do my uh, passing strike, except for this time I'm going to go back on the other side okay. of uh, of the crab and stab it as I as I I jump towards the other side of it. And and as I do that, I'm also going to shout out, "Thanks for all the help, Pawn." <laughs> You take another point of stress, um, and you roll a uh, 3d6 uh, with a light weapon. That's a plus five uh, for your character sheet. You roll a 10 plus five, that's 15. That beats the crab's defenses of 12, so it does land. Uh, You take the second uh, highest die, which in this case is a three. Uh, and you deal three damage to the creature. And again, it right in its back, it screams in pain, clawing at the air, and uh, and is is uh, is really upset at you. It's a little bit of a uh, little bit of you is still in its mouth. Now it knows it's got your number. You can hear the goo like just sort of pouring out the back. 
Next up is the other bloat crab. It's stuck on the wall and it's huge, enormous body is just stuck in the mine and it's clawing its way out and it's screaming, trying to get at you. You can see its mandibles already like drooling and it's snapping closed. Uh, it's trying to get you, but it is stuck for the moment. Pawn, you're up. What's your turn? You're still running away? Um. Cool. That stings a little bit. Probably not as much as as, as Bloody's stinging right now, but the call out <laughs> did. It wasn't great. Um. <laughs> So, um, I think, let's see, I think, uh, I'm going to use a, um, combat tactic call out. Okay. Um, which it's a persuasion versus detect and it unnerves the target and causes one stress, uh, is going to, Pawn doesn't really know what to do in this situation. Um, but now does feel a little bit bad because apparently he still has feelings and, like turns around and like looks at the big um, bloat crab and just um, like this high pitched shriek. Like it's not really, it, it's, it's, it's almost like, Oh wait, is he afraid? Is like, what, what's going on? Um, and, and yeah, he's essentially trying to um, distract and make, make it distracted so that if Vladi's uh, going to move, they have room to like, at least they have a little bit more opportunity. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna give that a shot. Okay, sure. Um, let's uh, let's do that. So, if, could you read to me your your ability called Call Out one more time? Certainly. Um, it is Persuasion versus Detect. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a major action, and on success, it unnerves the target and causes one stress. Okay. So I'm uh, attempting to unnerve the bloat crab. <laughs> this is normally something that you would do to like another human or like a sentient species. I'll allow it with this bloat crab. Uh, so instead of rolling against its detect, because since it doesn't have one, uh, it's, we're just going to roll against its temperament. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll allow it. <laughs> um, so this is just a straight check. Actually, uh, we won't even have to roll for this. Your, um, your. Oh my God! One more time. What was the skill you were rolling against? Oh. Um, sorry, I'm using persuasion and okay, your persuasion versus their. Yeah, so versus... you have you are not skilled in persuasion to animals, uh, mm-hmm. so it'll be two d six, and but you get a plus six just for uh, for being, uh, you know, for for being so so charismatic. Uh, on your character sheet, you have, a, you have a plus six anyway, even though you're not proficient. So you're gonna roll two d six for this. You'll have to beat a you have to beat a uh, a a two. So uh, that's five plus six, so eleven. That you successfully uh, heal off this screeching noise from outside. For the briefest of moments, Leaf, you feel like you're also surrounded by like another blow grab. Um, Han, you are now running away and screaming, and you have unnerved, uh, <laughs> you've unnerved the bloat crab before you. Um, it's a, it echoes, so, you know, it's a mine. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. You know. What happens to the bloat crab again? 
It's uh, um, unnerved. They're un they're unnerved. Okay. Um, so in this case, it's mainly it's it's sort of just trying to distract or throw them off because okay. that's the best that's the best approximation in this moment. All right. Sure. Gave the stress. You said yeah. If, if blood crabs have stress, yeah, mechanically. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you um, you've successfully unnerved this this blow crab. Um, Leaf, it's your turn. All right. Uh, with the pickaxe in my new arm, uh, I kind of level it back and do one of those, uh, you know, the axe throwing. Where you yeah. just get it over and over so that the pick itself will hopefully sink right into this blood crab. Okay. Uh, so that is the that is the goal there. All right. Uh, since you're since you're throwing this not with your regular arm but with a, prost- a prosthetic, basically bio augment, um, I'm gonna let you take the second highest die for this, like a light weapon. Ah. Uh, so we're gonna have you roll a three d six. That's an eight. The second highest die is a two. Uh, but you get a plus. Um, let's see, you get a plus uh, five, five for, range. for range. Yeah, so that's enough to, to do damage. You deal two damage uh, to blow crab. And it actually is enough. You end up getting it right in between its mandibles. This axe pierces through the, the bottom half of its face. And you can just see the thing start to slump over as its claws and pincers are going as fast as it can. It's freaking out, and be, it just begins to start oozing. The other bloat crab is still stuck in the back behind uh, in the mine, but it doesn't appear to be uh, necessarily making any progress. In fact, you feel as though it might be stuck there for good. Hmm. Uh, for the, the minor action I have left, I grab another pickaxe. Sure. <laughs> to reload. Sure. Um, you uh, you notice you notice that the, the, the creature is uh, with eggs and it is screaming in, in pain almost uh, fervently angry. Um, there's blood all over it from eating one of the corpsmen. You suspect that there's a nest back there somewhere. And it's still just as just as violently angry as uh, as ever. It's still screaming, but it's beginning to calm down, knowing that the end is probably near. Uh, combat is now over. Hmm. Bloody. Guys, I, I I don't feel too good. <laughs> yeah, that kind of uh, you got the few lacerations there. As you look over to Blotty, you notice that the bloat crab that is on the ground had one long claw coming right through Blotty's torso. It extends a good, you know arm length through your body and you slump down to your knees and you look up to Leaf and off in the distance to Pawn at the door 
Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. You begin to cough blood. Yeah, very bad. Huh. Well, I have uh, nothing that I could do for that. Uh, and our uh, our friend who happens to be a battle uh, medic of some kind is not here. The sucking wound is getting worse and you're bleeding heavily now, Lottie. Your skin is now getting lighter in color and your eyes are leaving focus. You say anything? Any last words? Um, Pawn, why did you run away? <laughs> cop, cop. <laughs> Pawn, what do you do? Oh, you're muted. You're very muted. Oh. No, I was just oh. not speaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pawn had come back a little ways because, like, he did not hear the sounds of people running after him. And, um, I didn't. That's, that's not, that, that's not what, it, I, I. I'm sorry. Pawn, you turn around and uh, and leave, right? Do you end up leaving this morning? There's, there is this moment where yeah, there's like, again, his face goes passive, and neutral, and he does. He turns around and kind of determinedly walks towards the uh, exit of the mine. And the last, oh yeah. Lottie. Oh. Yeah, oh, I, I, sorry. Uh, no, it, no, Leaf. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're all right. <laughs> you couldn't fine. tell who was talking. <laughs> no, it, Leaf would walk over and kind of do like a pat on the shoulder. Uh, and like, sometimes uh, nature wins, eh? Lottie, uh, the light is fading fast. Do you have anything left to say? That's, that's so true, Leaf. That's so true. And that, that's oh, yeah. it. That'll be my last word. <laughs> Bloody uh, passes away. In a heap on the floor in a forgotten mine among the dead bloat crab, among all of the the implements, and among the dead corpsmen, and the fuel all around you. That brings us hmm. to the end of today's episode. Tune in next week to see Isthlis, episode four. I want to give a big thank you to our cast, uh, Urban Bohemian, Domestic Dan, and Benny Dot Gay. Y'all are wonderful. Excellent job. If you would like to support Isthlis on Kickstarter, we are live right now. Click on the link in chat. We'll also uh, have a link for you in whatever description field you're viewing this episode on. Uh, you can find all of our VODs here on Twitch. Uh, and on YouTube, you can also find our podcast. Anywhere podcasts are consumed. Uh, follow the Kickstarter and check us out every Friday at noon Pacific for Isless. Thank you again, and we'll see you all again next time. 
here at Fable Scraps. Good night, everyone. <laughs>